direct oral anticoagulants, or DOACs, are a class of drug that was only introduced a little bit more than a decade ago, but have already begun to displace the mainline therapies that had been in place since the 1950s. We're here with Jose Neri, an ISMP Safe Medication Management Fellow, to talk about the role of pharmacists, uh, other caregivers, and even patients and families themselves in keeping patients safe. So Jose, what are the specific drugs that you looked at and, and what are they used for? So Paul, we took a look at a class of medications called direct oral anticoagulants, otherwise known as DOAX in the medical community. In simple terms, an anticoagulant is essentially a blood thinner. So for patients who have experienced some sort of clot in their leg, so a DVT that could travel up to their lungs and potentially um, prevent them from breathing and have a risk of death, um, an anticoagulant or a blood thinner could pretty much help prevent the clot from happening again. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's two sides of the coin with that. When you have an anticoagulant, if you have too much of it or you're, you have the wrong dose and you're taking too much, then you have the risk of bleeding. But if you, on the flip side of that, don't take enough, you have a risk of having another clot again if you may have stopped that medication when you shouldn't have stopped it. You looked at about 600 events related to DOACs. What kind of things did you find? So when we were looking at these events, we were really looking at events that resulted in some form of patient harm, whether it was preventable, such as a medication error, or non-preventable, so sort of a, an adverse effect that might have happened other, otherwise just because of the inherent danger of these medications. And when we looked at these 450 type of adverse events, we saw things like 122 gastrointestinal bleeds, we saw 55 cases of anemia, we saw 30 cases of blood in the urine, and 22 cases of blood in the brain, uh, so bleeding in the brain. And Really, unfortunately, we also saw 19 patient deaths, which was all pretty unfortunate. So really, when we looked at the data, one of the top things we were seeing were omissions of care. So take, for example, you have a patient who is admitted to the hospital, and they already have a DOAC on their medical profile, and the doctor just or the medical team in general uh, forgets to restart that when they are inpatient, and the patient experienced some sort of clotting event. We saw those sort of events happen. And then on the flip side, when patients are being discharged, we actually saw cases where the prescribing team never sent the script to the pharmacy, or maybe the patient got to the pharmacy and realized their insurance didn't cover it and couldn't afford it. So they just didn't get their DOAC. So we had cases of um, clotting on the outpatient side as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the other major things we looked at were really failure to hold the medication. So when you have patients who are going in for a procedure in the hospital, they might be getting a procedure where it puts them at a high risk of bleeding um, after the procedure or during the procedure. So really you want to hold that medication so you can reduce that risk. And really we were seeing some cases where the nurse prior, the night prior to the procedure, they may have accidentally gave their patient their DOAC when it should have been held. Or you might have patients who are um, taking their medication at home and forget, oh, I shouldn't have taken that. Um, and this resulted in delayed procedures, canceled procedures, or if the medical team still wanted to pursue the procedure, cases where the patient experienced some sort of procedural bleeding or post-procedural bleeding. So kind of unfortunate to see there. So with these errors, Jose, whether they're you know, inpatient or outpatient, what's the role of the pharmacy team as opposed to you know, the, the prescriber, the, the nurse administering it? What's the role of the pharmacy team in trying to catch and prevent these errors? 
So really the pharmacy team is one of the most critical members of the care team in making sure that patient has an accurate medication record when they're admitted to the hospital, when they're discharged from the hospital. So pretty much the transitions of care aspect. And really when you look at it, when you look at pharmacy, pharmacists conducting medication reconciliations and pharmacy technicians conducting medication reconciliations, they really do the best job in making sure that medication record is accurate and can really dictate for pharmacists, they can really dictate uh, which medications should they start, which medications should they stop, and communicate that with the medical team to make sure the patient's on the right therapy once they're admitted or discharged. It's a really great opportunity for them to catch any, any vulnerabilities or um, omissions in the medication process. And another thing is with pharmacists being really that medication management expert, they, they have an opportunity to counsel patients and really help them understand their medications to the best of their abilities. And that includes when to start medications, when to stop medications, and even develop those into standardized guidelines and, and protocols so the healthcare team knows exactly when to stop and start those medications. If these drugs have been around for you know, a little bit more than 10 years now, how have we seen their, their uptake in terms of prescribing trends? Where do we see it going forward from here? Yeah, when you look at current statistics and studies, there are over 8 million people in the United States that are currently on some form of oral anticoagulation. And for about the past 50 years, warfarin's really been that mainstay of therapy when it comes to oral anticoagulation. But in just 2010, we had the first DOAC, which was approved by the FDA. And in just seven years, the prescribing trends have really seen DOAC dosing or DOAC prescribing exceed that of warfarin. And when we look at the 2019 statement from the American College of Cardiology, we saw that they suggested DOACs over warfarin for non-valvular atrial fibrillation. And when we look at 2020 in the American Society of Hematology, we saw the we saw them support the use of DOACs over warfarin for deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolism. And more recently, we actually found that the American Heart Association, um, in their study of COVID-19 patients, for those that were hospitalized with COVID-19, one in 20 actually developed some sort of atrial fibrillation requiring anticoagulation. So when you consider these particular prescribing trends and general guidelines that have come out, in addition to these drugs going into the generic market very soon, I really only see prescribing trends going up from here. Jose, thanks so much for being here with us. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for watching ECRI Now. You can find more insights from the experts on YouTube and at ECRI.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Paul Anderson.